Hey, everybody. This is Joe Keithley from DOA. You know what? And you're listening to 25,000 miles. And don't you stray that far away from this station. You get right in there.
you've got to be one of the busiest guys in the world. So, <laughs> so thanks, uh, thanks probably for taking. Close, probably close to it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. thank you so much for taking a minute to uh, to actually sit down and have a yeah, have yeah, a chat no, man. no. And you're you're in Kamloops, right? No, uh, I'm actually. I live in I live in Armstrong, and we broadcast out of a station in oh, Salmon. Okay, right, right. Middle of nowhere, Okanagan, man. So, uh, yeah, like you no, said, I know Armstrong. Yeah. I like to start the interview out with um, talking about the probably one of the most prevalent things in your life right now is that the simple fact that you're you're a council member now. Yeah, I'm a guy elected to Burnaby City Council in uh, October uh, 2018. So yeah, so do uh, I refer to you as Councilman Keithley? <laughs> Uh, they, 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 they call me Councillor Keithley at City Hall, right? So, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and I think, uh, you could say I'm the first, uh, uh, first, uh, punk rocker to hold a elected office like this in, uh, North America, right? So. Uh, definitely, man. Um, how, how was that reception? Like, how are, how are the other council members, like, how do they receive you? Um, I, I think at first they were kind of like, yo, oh, wow, okay, this guy got himself elected. I wonder what he's like. <laughs> and uh, they found out that I am reasonable and thoughtful, and um, <clears throat> I usually look at uh, you know, usually look at all, try to look at all sides uh, of an argument or a problem, and uh, come up with something that uh, that makes sense. So I think they now they found me. Okay, well this guy's um, uh, will put the time in to think what is best for the people of Burnaby. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I recently listened to a, a program about Pablo Escobar and how he was elected by all all the people who loved him, and then was very unceremoniously uh, shoved out of office. So it's nice to hear that that's not the case with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, no. People were really uh, supportive here. Uh, they like what we've done. Uh, the mayor and I have taken a big initiative on. Uh, uh, working on uh, helping people get affordable housing, uh, you know, for people less fortunate, uh, for disabled people, for seniors. Uh, that's been like our, kind of like our big issue that we worked on because uh, the only new people we elected to council um, were the mayor and myself. Right. So. Wow, that's cool, man. No, that's really cool. I mean, especially in the wake, like in uh, 2015, you guys released the the single and the video for uh, "Not Gonna Take Take Your Crap Anymore" or "Not Gonna Take Your Crap No More." Hmm. Um, and so you watch that video, and then three years later, you're elected to uh, city council, and you're like, I mean, how does the, how do those two things kind of? Well, you can see how those two things go hand in hand, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, I mean, taking the same approach to uh, to city council life that I did in Punk Rock, which is a uh, the DOA model with a talk minus action equals zero. So I'm mean, just uh, you know, when you see something that's bullshit, uh, you have to say it is, and um, you know try and stop it and do something better than that definitely definitely no i mean i 100% get exactly where you're coming from and we there's a lot of us that appreciate it um okay no well, yeah, thank you yeah <laughs> uh i'd like to talk about uh i know it's i know it's 10 years old now but the album the kings of punk hockey and beer um yeah that album to me like it really struck a chord because um when i got into punk rock i lived in a little town in northern alberta and right, okay it was all about hockey and all about uh anything you could do to get out of town right but all my punk rock yeah, friends were always slagging me about loving hockey 
So as a result, like you kind of just drift away, right? And when I finally moved here to the Okanagan, maybe four years ago, it was like, I, it was like, it almost felt like I could finally get back into hockey. I mean, I I play hockey every Monday night. I love hockey. And so to hear other punk rockers talk about playing hockey and drinking beer, you know, that it just, it, that whole album just really struck a chord with me. Yeah, I mean it's like that's part of part of who we are as Canadians, and uh, punk rockers uh, uh, love hockey. I mean, we see put it this way: when we first came up with uh, the kind of idea of uh, amalgamating hockey and uh, uh, and rock, I think, and I think we were the first ones because we came out to sing a, a video called "Taking Care of Business," and we had Randy Bachman in it and stuff, stuff like that. So. Uh, we thought, you know, it's like, uh, hey, uh, a band is a lot like a hockey team. You know, you have the, the drummer's goalie, yep. the singer's the center, yep. and you get a guitar player and bass player like are, are the wingers, right? And yeah. You have to take on the audience and try and, <laughs> try and win, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, hit them with an all the salt that they can't stop type thing, right? <laughs> That's usually the way you win a hockey game. If you can't do it, then, hey. You usually lose, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I had, and the funny thing is, I, I, yeah, for sure, uh, when people would uh, be critical, wow, you're like, hockey, you know, like, you know, goddamn right we do, right? So, like, you know, <laughs> that's what we grew up with, right? And it's, like, it's a great thing. Yeah, man. Uh, another uh, favorite track off the album was uh, The Beer Liberation Army. Now, this last summer, I, uh, I was actually able to, to see the Punk and Drublick tour. And the big thing about the Punk and Drublick tour right. is, especially here in Canada, they or especially Western Canada, they made it all about craft beer. And craft beer is huge oh, these okay, days. Right. And so it just seemed to kind of lend to the idea of, again, punk rock and hockey and beer. And Vancouver right now is huge for beer. Yeah, no, no you can't turn a corner without finding like a little craft brewery and like a tasting room type thing. So, yeah, no, it is pretty big. Yeah, I mean, and even uh, one of the articles I read about you recently is uh, when you found out you were elected, you kind of cracked a beer and said, well, we're into this now. And it just seemed one of those... (laughs) (laughs) It just seemed one of those quintessential kind of punk rock Canadian moments where you're like, you find out the news, you crack a beer and say, yep, let's do it. Yeah, very good, very good or done type thing, right? So yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's just like I, I, I was uh, a bit not not dumbfounded by one like, oh, well, I actually won because I'd run a bunch of times before and I didn't win, right? So yeah, and I thought I uh, uh, wasn't going to win. I was in about ninth place, and you had to be in the top eight. And uh, my daughter came and uh, uh, and you know, like a twenty-eight year old daughter, and she went, Dad. You're in seventh. You're in seventh. Right? I went, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, and then uh, finally it was uh, won by 300 votes, and we're like, oh, wow, okay. Make it 
So uh, one of the, the articles you had posted on the um, Sudden Death Records website, an interview from Vive La Rock magazine, and it was talking about oh, a show right, you okay. guys. Yeah. yeah, it was talking about a show you guys played in Bangkok. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, deadly. It was like uh, just the craziest, craziest what, bloody thing. Uh, what club did you guys it was play? Like seven or eight bands. It was like um, a festival. Okay. And the place was the place held two hundred people. And like you no know, four hundred people showed up, type thing, oh, and uh, 
Um, so, but there's different scenes. There'll be like kind of like uh, your super uber hardcore like broken bones type thing going on. Yeah. And then there'd be like a kind of like a, uh, let's say a pop punk band next. And so, and then a, then a totally different school of punk would come on next, uh, you know, like a different type of band. And uh, so people took turns going inside and out. Okay. Because uh, like, you couldn't fit everybody all in. Right? right. And then finally, by the time we played, we were like the, the last band, obviously. And uh, uh, then it was just sort of like people standing on tables type thing. And uh, there's a, a basically a complete mayhem yeah man i uh going back probably 16 years ago now i used to live in bangkok so i i understand wow. kind of the the crazy like it is a crazy place and you you know better than me you lived there right? yeah like they're uh, we were completely amazed right? they're pretty intense about their uh their passions so <laughs> this yeah. is one place yeah, we used no, to go no. to all it's, the time it's a really cool place yeah, there's one place we used to go to all the time called the Rock Bar, and it was it was really strange because it was like you get like a really cool Thai punk band or you get like a Thai rock band that did their thing yeah. in Thai, but then you get like another band that they memorize all these songs in English, but they don't speak a word of English. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... yeah, it's interesting. Um, right. And you think like a lot of people, I've had a lot of friends. Um, around the world that <clears throat> have learned English from listening to records. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but it's funny that, uh, um, yeah, you, sometimes it only takes you so far. Yeah. Um, do you remember the name of the club that you played? No idea. Uh, we drove in a van, uh, or a small, not a van, a small car for over an hour through an intense amount of like, uh, traffic jams and, uh, uh, you know, a thousand and one scooters roaring by on either side type thing. And, uh, and we just got there and, uh, we hung up for about five, six hours and then went back to where we we're staying. So no, I, yeah. I had no idea. It was run by like, um, uh, like uh, a French guy. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. So it was great. Yeah. And like, uh, the, the article went on to talk about like the, the protests that the, the patrons kind of staged after the show. Yeah, with the the police showed up and uh, they came along to uh, they collect a, collect a bribe or graft yep. type thing. And when they came in, uh, all these punks started singing some song I'd never heard of, but it was all in French. Okay. And um, uh, the the police didn't get it, and uh, they uh, it was so I'm sure it was some sort of song that we were saying something unpleasant about the police, but the police didn't understand that. Hung around until they got their money, and then they took off, and that was sort of the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, Hardcore 81 received the Polaris Award. That's crazy. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's crazy. And then you guys were inducted into the BC Music Hall of Fame. I mean, going back yeah, to... Yeah, that happened uh, like two years ago, type thing, yeah. Yeah, but like going back to 1978, man, like, would you have like presumed that DOA would receive any awards and acclaim, let alone continue to be a band in 2019? No, of course not. Um, I, no, I had no idea that anything like that could happen. Um, I mean, it, I would have been uh, surprised at that time if we had lost for like five years. You see, lengths of bands uh, when you're younger, like two years or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a, 
it's great to uh, for people to, to recognize uh, um, some of the stuff that DOA has done, and uh, but it's excellent. That's a Polaris Award um, making or not making, but naming uh, Hardcore one as the one of the top Canadian albums of all time, and that was like, wow, okay, you know, because of the the records that we're up against were like, you know, uh, Sarah McLaughlin, the band, uh, Katie Lang, you know, the good records from all different types of uh, genres of music. Yeah. But uh, Hardcore One was the only one that really helped cr- create or was a primary uh, part of creating an entire genre of music, right? So, you know, it's a very influential album. You know, sold 100,000 copies. Some of the ones we were up against, you know, sold, a, sold millions, right? So, but it didn't matter. People, people got it. Yeah. Man, I mean, again, like the amount of like information I've taken in about you know you in particular and and DOA over the last you know few days is is staggering. I mean, you hear interviews with Ian MacKay and Henry Rollins and even like Keith uh, uh, Keith Morrison, and they all talk about DOA. They all talk about DOA, and like I found it really funny that you go to your the the city website and under your picture is like your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right there. That's the, the, the public, the public knowledge. It's got to be right. So yeah, I mean, like what you, what you agree to, right? You look yeah. at guys like Ozzy or like any of Led Zeppelin and like bands that people like attribute to being like uh, huge influences, and those guys you can you can't get a hold of those guys. You have no idea how to get a hold of those guys. But it's like Joe yeah, Keithley. Hard, here's hard here's my phone number. Like. <laughs> Well, I'm in I'm in public life now, so you have to be approachable, right? So, so you have to answer to the constituents. Right? Yeah, so, no, I just yeah. I just found it like super cool and super punk rock. Like that's like it's is you're not above anything. You're one of the people. Well, I think that's what the you, what you have to do. Um, I mean, that's been DOA's uh, modus operandi all along. So it's like you know, like we're not different from regular people. We that's who we are. And we're just out here doing stuff, trying to change the world, right? So yeah. that's like when the you know the way I approach things and the the band is approach things. Yeah, and and we all appreciate it, man. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, thank you. So recently, well, maybe a year ago, uh, unfortunately, Randy Rampage died. And... Yeah, that was a tragic loss. Uh, Randy was uh, one of a kind, um, <clears throat> a real the craziest guys that you'll not crazy in the head but just crazy crazy and wild and out of control and uh yeah no it's like a real real big loss for the community here because randy like i said was a one of a kind yeah man um and i mean again everything i've read said you guys were you know on on par on i mean good speaking terms and such and yeah i mean he contributed to a lot of uh really well the well a lot of the big part of the scene punk rock scene in vancouver yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, I mean, Randy O'Dead went on to our stuff, too, like, you know, was, um, uh, had a really great stint for a couple of years in a, in a metal band called Annihilator, and uh, that, you know, they didn't, did really well in Europe uh, for a couple of years, right? So, amazing stuff. Yeah, it's like he was, he put it this way, Randy was like a born entertainer. So, Joe, you've got all this stuff on your plate. What keeps you going? 
<laughs> I did. I think it's really like um, like uh, sheer determination, you know. So, and uh, realizing that uh, you know, if you if you don't um, take charge of uh, events, um, then uh, events will take charge of you. So, it, it, people don't realize the kind of power that they 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 do do have within their life, even though they you know. A person may be like not powerful, not rich, uh, not well liked, uh, um, but you know if people uh, assert themselves, and I don't mean in an aggressive way. I mean people realize the power that we have together, working together to change things in a positive manner. <clears throat> the the power doesn't stop, right? It, it, it's pretty big, and I think that's the whole thing I've tried to illustrate to people that uh, you know what you you have the power in your hands. You just have to get together. Get a good idea from your local community. And it doesn't start from like big government, big business, big media. They're really just like kind of poll readers, just uh, judging people's reaction and test marketing and trying to sell you stuff or enforce rules or give you false impressions, uh, you know, as we've seen a lot in the media these days. But if people are genuine, uh, a community can change, change the world. I mean, if you look at, uh, Greta Thunberg, right? I mean, um, there's a 16 year old kid that's, she hasn't changed the world yet, but she, man, she's making a pretty big impression, right? So, yeah. And that uh, may, may actually end up changing the world. It's a def- definitely a, an interesting time we live in, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, pretty dynamic. Uh, I've never really seen anything like it, right? So, it's amazing. Disco Yeah! 